0: Chapter 2, The Tribal Knowledge Paradox. An observation was made in an earlier book by one of the authors that challenges executives to ask themselves, why is it that employees are at one moment touted as a most prized asset and in the next breath they are victims of massive layoffs? In that book, The Tribal Knowledge Paradox by Leonard Bertain, published by Amazon.com in 2010. Employees are shown to be looking at problems in a fictional business in teams of fellow employees. Each team wrestles with a problem and presents a solution for the company president to judge and approve, or make suggestions before final approval will be granted. But what we see in the books are teams aggressively competing with each other to earn the respect of management, their peers, and the market. This is the earned respect that we have discussed. The employees work hard to deliver their presentations, and management can only respond positively for such effort. Although the book is fiction, it mimics the author's experiences in over a hundred such engagements at companies, both large and small. Employees are seen to have great insights to the wastes that are the impediments to profits. They will work tirelessly to help address them if given the chance. They have great insights based upon what they see, not what managers think they should see. This is another way to look at the paradox. If companies tout their employees as being their greatest asset with a clear vision of what's going on, why do they not respect them? It is almost motherhood and apple pie to say that great companies are a product of their competent and highly motivated people. Yet most organizations do very little to engage and build this resource, which is why we call it the tribal knowledge paradox. So, as we try to help CEOs deal with this paradox, we show them a simple approach to management that we call the tribal knowledge paradigm. As we learn from our experience with teams and with the intensity of competition, by broadly engaging all employees, you bring to the table ideas and action on those ideas, which is the objective of the paradigm. Everything should be constantly improving. To generate the action, we need both a process to get ideas into play, improve tribal knowledge, and to support their efforts to manage them through an ideation process into action. So we suggest that companies create such an action center. In the aforementioned book, we call that center the Tribal Knowledge Council. It is the central point in the process that is a management control point for capturing all ideas. It is the center of innovation in the company. All ideas are tracked and managed by the Tribal Knowledge Council. We will discuss more about this later in the book. We want action and lots of ideas, and the TKC helps us keep everything in focus, after all Everyone has a piece of the puzzle. That is the basis of the thinking of the tribal knowledge paradox. There's a sort of a cartoon included in the text that basically shows four people carrying different pieces of a puzzle. And that's exactly what we mean when we say everybody has a piece of the puzzle. But to make this work, all executives, managers, and supervisors need to understand that their new responsibility in this paradigm is improvement of tribal knowledge. This is not an impossible new responsibility. In fact, it is quite logical. Managers are told that their new job description includes a line of responsibility that requires them to support suggestions that improve company tribal knowledge. This is self-fulfilling and that if feels good for a manager to support an employee who has an idea or implements it. When a manager sees the excitement from this employee whose idea has gotten recognition from its implementation success, that is almost enough to make anybody's day. The job of a manager in this context then becomes one of supporting an idea or action that improves the mission-relevant tribal knowledge through the Tribal Knowledge Council. The beauty of this concept is it negates the presence of what we used to call black knights, those employees who resist any new ideas or any changes of the status quo. When the managers and supervisors are told that one of their primary jobs is now to help improve company tribal knowledge, these black knights find that they either get on board or they have a serious problem they can't take a neutral position anymore. They get on board or they leave the company. There is no middle ground. As an aside, the Black Knight analogy came from the movie Monty Python and the Holy Grail. If you recall, the Black Knight is defending a bridge and kills a knight who wants to cross the bridge. If you notice, the bridge he is crossing is a creek that is merely a trickle. King Arthur approaches and has refused access to the bridge. The Black Knight and King Arthur engage in battle, and the Black Knight loses both of his arms and both of his legs. He has a stump on the ground. The message here is that the Black Knight was defending a stupid position, the bridge, and King Arthur challenges The Black Knight loses. King Arthur certainly had an option to just jump over the creek and not cross the bridge, but he didn't. He challenged the Black Knight. Our takeaway here is that every time we engaged Black Knights, we won because we had King Arthur, the CEO, on our side. These engagements with Black Knights were not only unnecessary, but unfair. This is a big issue because the confrontation with Black Knights occurred in just about every company. It occurred because we were leading an initiative, the War on Waste. The war on waste is all about creating change as a radical event that disrupted the flow of normal business while it occurred. It was a very profitable program for the company, but the ongoing encounter with black knights made it uncomfortable for everyone. However, this approach, the tribal knowledge paradigm, takes the confrontation with a black knight off the table. When every idea comes up, it needs to be supported by a manager until it is resolved by the Tribal Knowledge Council to either be an idea worth pursuing, one needs to be tabled until more information is collected, or is taken off the table from further consideration. The TKC review process will handle this. One solution that we have used successfully is the War on Waste nine-step process for ideation, that takes an idea from identification of the issue behind the idea through a root cause analysis, costing the idea as a waste or a lost opportunity through a solution, implementation plan, and metrics of success proposal. From that process, an idea is weighed on its ROI. But we realize that that was not enough. There is another major part of the new equation for managing in the tribal knowledge paradigm. It involves linking improvements of tribal knowledge with mission. We use a two-by-two grid to illustrate this concept. It goes something like this. There is a two-by-two grid shown in the book. Uh, Mission relevance is across the horizontal and it's low on the left, high on the right. Improving tribal knowledge Is on the left with high on the top, low on the bottom. So something that is both high to improving tribal knowledge and high in mission relevance is what we call star material. Those that are high on improving tribal knowledge, but low on mission relevance, we see that's good for growth. Those that are low on improving tribal knowledge and high on mission relevance are good for the master plan and finally something that is low on mission relevance and low on tribal knowledge basically better generate a lot of cash. So a manager uses this chart to judge the quality of an idea. A good idea is both high on mission relevance and high on its improvement of tribal knowledge. Of course, we call this star material from the mission relevance perspective. So using this chart becomes a key touchstone of the paradigm. If we were to judge a management decision to do offshore outsourcing of production in this analysis, it would be low an improvement of tribal knowledge. So it had better generate lots of cash or is good for the master plan. This is a necessary component of any good analysis, but is not sufficient to complete the assessment of an idea for business. That is where we use the following ROI, or return on analysis, investment tool. In addition to the improvement in tribal knowledge and its relationship to mission relevance, we also run this idea against the cost-benefit chart of a typical ROI, return on investment, as noted above. We've all seen this chart. It's a return on investment. Across the bottom, it shows costs as either high or low. And across the vertical, value is either high or low. So, what we're looking for are ideas that are of high value and low cost. That's what we have in the war on waste. The other two are items that are either high value, high cost. Those are Probably strategic initiatives, those that are of high cost and low value are what we call essential support activities. And finally, something that has low value and low cost is basically a big waste. If you think about this duet of testing, the ROI and the mission relevance tests, as the baseline for evaluating an idea then making this process work is quite easy. We will go into this more later in the book, but it suffices to say that the tribal knowledge paradigm parameters are now set for discussion about leadership, strategy, action, momentum, energy, and process. These are the subjects of the rest of the book and use the points made up to this point to carry the logic forward. Thank you. This is the end of chapter two.